Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Janice. I am so excited for today's episode, which I say pretty much at the beginning of every episode because I truly am excited to be able to record this podcast, to encourage your hearts, to get into the Word of God, to pray for you and with you. So let's jump right into it. So today I want to talk about obedience. And a lot of times I think we hear that word and it like causes the hair on our arms to stand up because we... Uh, like Kelly Clarkson said, Miss Independent, like, I don't need anyone telling me what to do. I can do me. I'll do what I want to do. And we kind of get that attitude a lot in life. And I want to talk about obedience pertaining to the Lord. And I want to first start off with like a disclaimer that God is not a taskmaster. He is not someone who stands over us with his thumb over us, pushing us down, like, do what I say or else. Like, He is not. He is a loving father. I even think about the parable of the prodigal son that when that prodigal son comes home and he decides to forsake the world and come home, which is like symbolic of us forsaking the world and choosing to live for God and come home and be with him, that he puts his best robe on him and he puts his sandals on him and his signet ring and kills the fattened calf and throws a party like that's the God I serve. He's a God of celebration. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of wholeness and abundance and all of these things. And so I just want to like throw that out right at the beginning that when I'm talking about obedience, I'm talking about saying yes to what God has called us to because it is the best thing for you. And God truly has good things for your life. If you get into the word and read it, you will see that he has good things for you. And so when he's calling us to do things or showing us things to do, it's always for good. It's always for good for you and for other people and for this world. And so I have a couple verses that I want to read. And then I just want to share like some personal testimonies that I have practical things. I think a lot of times we could maybe read the word or we go to church and there's like a disconnect of, okay, how do I actually apply this to my life? What does this look like practically? And so I am just going to share some of my own testimonies and different things. And yeah, so I want to read 1 Samuel 15, 22 first. This is in the Old Testament and it says, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. So I think a lot of times we are like, hey, I sacrificed my time. I go to church on Sundays. I helped out at the soup kitchen. I helped an old lady across the street, like the stereotypical things that we talk about that we do. I give my tithe. I give whatever. And those are all great. Like God honors those things and kudos to you for being salt and light in the world. Like that is what we should be as believers. But it says to obey, to obey his voice, to hear and obey his voice is better than those sacrifices. And so is God calling you to speak up or to do something specifically? Is he calling you to a ministry or calling you to whatever? I'm even thinking like right now about my friend Dawn 
if you're listening, Don Bracey, about your husband and his, how God had like put that on his heart to buy these Bibles, like really nice Bibles and give them to people. And he just heard the voice of God and he obeyed it. And I think about that and it's like, that is what God desires. That is what makes his heart smile, so to speak. So I love, I love that verse and just talking about that. And then second Samuel 24, 24, this has been a verse that's been like super loud in my heart and mind over the last couple of days. And it says, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, that which costs me nothing. And so I think about that in my own life. Like, am I totally sold out for God? Do I just, am I kind of just like dipping my toes in the water or am I like all in, like nesty plunge, all in to everything he has for me? Is what I quote unquote sacrifice to him even worth anything? And obviously we know he is the creator of the universe. He has need for nothing. But that is a question to ask ourselves. Is what I give to the Lord day in and day out worth anything? And so I wrote down a few different things that that just came to mind right off the top of my head. Our time, our money. That's a big one. People do not like the whole topic of money. And it's an ouchy subject for a lot of people like, keep your hand out of my pocketbook. And a lot of people have that stereotypical thing that like the church is all about money and they just want me to come for the offering or whatever. But if you actually, and I'm not saying that this pertains to every church, there is corruption in every form of everything. And so there is corruption in churches. But if you were to actually look at what money that you give and tithe or your offerings and tithe goes to, and missionaries and things on the mission field and different things and the distribution of his word and all of those things, I don't think you would ever be stingy with your money because it's all going to the furtherance of God's kingdom. And and so I'm not saying that that is the case. You may have been at a church where that was abused and there, you know, whatever. I've heard stories of embezzlement and just selfishness and greediness. So obviously use wisdom and discernment when it comes to where you sow your money. But that is something that God talks about a lot in his word. He talks about money and I would just encourage you if that is something that's super ouchy for you and even the topic of tithing or whatever, to really ask God to reveal his heart to you about that and just know like you cannot outgive God. And I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but I am telling you anytime that I've just poured into financially into what God has called me to, there's always, it's it's a blessing. It blesses other people. It impacts the kingdom. So it's it's good. So I have time and money, our reputation. Our reputation is a huge one for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to be associated necessarily like with God. Like I'll go to church on Sundays. No one really needs to know that I'm a Christian outside of there. But yet God calls us to be salt and light. And I was actually at a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago at my church and God gave me this vision of So if you read in the New Testament, it talks about um, us being salt and light and not hiding our light, not putting our light under under a bushel or hiding our light under a basket, um, depending on which translation you read. So anyway, I just had this vision of like these beautiful bright lights that were being hidden by baskets. And I just saw the Holy Spirit going around and tipping those baskets over and like saying to God's people, let your light shine. Like 
we are living in such a crazy time right now. And I know that everyone is saying that like we are in a crazy point of history where it is so dark and so crazy. And the stuff that like, I can't even wrap my head around the grotesque, the grotesqueness. I don't know if that's a word, the grotesqueness, the darkness, the disgusting, vulgar things that are out in the world today. I just can't even let my brain go down that rabbit trail too much because it's overwhelming but yet to know that his light shines brightest in the darkness. And so are we being that salt and light? Are we willing to lay down our reputation for, for the sake of the gospel, the sake of his kingdom? Um, another one is convenience. I will say that serving God is not convenient. And I know that kind of goes against a lot of American culture, church culture, like come to God and there's blessings and abundance, which is so true. I could shout that from the rooftops. It is so, so true, but it's not always convenient. It's not always convenient to pray with someone when you feel like you have nothing inside of you to give them. It's not always convenient to open your mouth with wisdom and to pour into people when you feel like you're empty. And obviously we should always be refilling ourselves and staying full and staying in the word and in his presence. But sometimes I've gone through weeks where it's like, I am so busy this week. I feel like I've hardly had enough time to sleep, let alone just have some rest. Like the scripture that says labor to rest. I feel like that's my life verse because I am a busy person and I love being around people and things. And God has really called me into this season of being very intentional with my time and being willing to say no to things, which is so hard for me because I love people and I love experiences and I love new things and all of that. And I love traveling. Like even today, I had the opportunity to be in three different awesome places today. So my friend is doing this amazing revival service up in Manistee, which is about three and a half hours north of me on the beach up there. And I really wanted to go be a part of that. My other two friends took a road trip to Nashville today and I got invited to go to that. I really wanted to go. And then also I wanted to be in Washington DC today because they're doing this incredible prayer movement in our nation's capital. And I really wanted to be there today. And as I was just seeking the Lord about all of these different things and really good opportunities, I felt like he was telling me to stay home and rest, that he had things just for me and him today. And obviously I'm recording my podcast and so whatever. And I've been journaling. I got, I went on a walk. I've had some incredible prayer time today, got my dishes washed, laundry washed, you know, things that life, it's just part of life. But it's been such a good day. Like, it's just afternoon today, and I feel like I woke up refreshed. I actually laid in bed for, like, 45 minutes this morning just soaking in worship music and then getting in the Word and all of this. And it's like, thank you, God. Like, those opportunities were incredible, and they would have been great memories. But, like, he knew my heart and my soul just needed rest today to just be home and even to have time to record these podcasts that I'm doing and so I'm so thankful for that. But yeah, just back to the whole topic of convenience that I'm, yeah, there are, there are so many times when what God has called us to is not convenient. It, it caught, it's a sacrifice. It takes our attention and our time and all of those things. And so the last thing that I wrote down, obviously there's probably a million other things I could say is comfort. I always say that like God and comfort can't really go in the same sentence other, unless it's like, Obviously, God is a God of comfort. The Holy Spirit is a great comforter, but like he will pull you out of your comfort zone. So even like sharing my testimony, for example, I remember one of 
I had shared my testimony with several people. I'm very okay, like one-on-one and just, and with like people I know sharing like deeper parts of who I am, but God called me to share my testimony at a women's event where I knew one person there and it was a room full of women that I didn't know. And I got super in my head. And what I mean by that is like, I was over, over analyzing everything I said. I was over analyzing people's facial expressions as I was talking, which if you are a speaker and you don't know this already, do not gauge how people are receiving based on what they look like, because some people can sit totally stone faced. And then afterwards tell you that impacted me so much. You have no idea what kind of breakthrough I had because of you sharing But in your flesh, when you're seeing that, you're like, they're not receiving, they don't care, what I'm saying doesn't matter, it's not valuable. And so anyway, that first time I really shared my testimony in a super vulnerable setting for me, I literally, like, it was awful. (laughs) It was absolutely awful. Like, I remember, like, sharing, like, I would go blank and then I would share other things and I was like, why did I say that? I really don't care that care for people to know that part of my story. And then I got done talking and I'm like, I didn't even say half of what I wanted to say. And that was horrible. And so, you know what, God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Cause he just covered that whole event. And, um, I, gosh, was it three or four months later? I really felt like I was actually with my friend, Anna, we were getting ready for another stirred up event, which stirred up is my ministry. You can check it out at stirredupwomen.com. And we do, events in homes, coffee shops, churches. We've done amphitheater, like several places. And we just have a heart to go into communities of women to stir them up and see them just fully awaken to what God has for them, encourage them, see them set free from things that are holding them back, bondage, bondages, whatever, see them healed and whole in their body and their heart and their mind and all of those things. And so it's been an incredible journey with that. But Anna and I were in her car, or actually it was my car, one evening before a stirred up event and we were just praying over the night and I heard in my heart, like, you're going to share your story tomorrow. Well, mind you, my only experience I'd had with stirred up sharing my testimony up to that point was, I wouldn't say it's traumatizing, that's a bit dramatic to say, but it was not a pleasant memory. So I remember thinking that, like, the Lord spoke that to me and I instantly said, "If, if that's you, Lord which mind you, the enemy is probably never going to tell you to share your testimony because it always points to God's goodness and it sets other people free. But I'm like, Lord, if I'm supposed to then confirm it through Anna, I barely said that. And I said it in my spirit. I didn't say it out loud. And she looked at me and she's like, you're supposed to share your story tomorrow night. I'm like, I know, I know I don't want to. Oh, Lord, help me. And it was, it just flowed. I'm just so thankful for second chances and that God gives us those opportunities. And even when we step out at first and it feels like that was awful, like don't, don't think that when you first step out into things and it maybe isn't as great as you want it to be, that it's not what God has for you to do. And I just think about like even a child, like a toddler, when they first learn to walk, they fall down and they get back up and you just keep practicing and keep walking until you can run, you know, without falling. And so, which some of us still can't do that. But anyway, I think about that like with my ministry and it's like 
I want to get up and talk and just be like Lisa Harper. Like that one, like Anna is like Christine Kane to a T and I definitely feel like I'm more like Lisa Harper. She's hilarious and she just loves the word. She's a teacher, like has that anointing, which is where I function. Anna is like a preacher. That girl can drop the fire. Like if you ever come hear her speak, bring a fire extinguisher because you'll be putting fire out because it's awesome. But just learning to like, figure out where God has me, what he's gifted me in and realizing that I have like a teacher anointing and I'm not called to preach, so to speak. And, and all that is just, I don't know, it's been fun. So that was a major rabbit trail just to say that God will call you out of your comfort zone, but he will equip you in those situations. And so be bold and courageous and do not succumb to fear when it comes to those things. So I just want to talk about the blessings on the other side of obedience and saying yes to God. And so I have a few different testimonies. I feel like I have so much I could share, but um, I'm just going to share a few. So one of them was my first job. My first job was at a hardware store here in town, and I worked there for four years, um, partway through high school and then partway into college. And I, during that time of working there is actually when I gave my heart to the Lord and was born again, saved. And I remember this, how do I want to say it? (laughs) Ornery old man that would always come into the store. And I don't know why God always puts like the orneriest people in my path and just lets me shower his love on them and show them like his grace and his love and mercy and all of that. So this ornery old man, pretty much everyone hated this guy. And I remember talking to my boss one day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go take him cookies after work. He was like, you will not. And I was like, bet. So I went to the Jack's here in town to the grocery store, got some cookies, went over to his house. I knew where he lived. Just, I don't even know how I knew where he lived, but anyway, went over to his house and I just like shared something like a very simple gospel message, like Hey, the Lord put it on my heart to come over here and visit you. And he just wants you to know that he loves you. Something like that. I don't know. It was very simple. And he just cried. And through that, like every time he would come in, it was like this softness came over his heart after that. And like he kind of became my buddy. And I just saw just that hardness being chipped away in him. And then through that process, my pastors actually were able to go. I kept visit. I didn't visit him a ton. I ended up going there like maybe one or two more times just to visit him and um, with my niece, actually. And then he ended up sharing that he had a need, um, that he needed a ramp built into his house. And it was just a small little kind of shack of a house. And I remember that my pastor, um, which he doesn't offer these services, is <laughs> that like my pastor goes around and does all this. But anyway, he, he did like that kind of work before he was in ministry. And so anyway, I reached out to him and told him about this guy and kind of like the testimony that had happened and how he needed, um, like, a, a, I don't know if it was a wheelchair ramp or just some sort of ramp at the front of his house. And so my pastor and a couple guys went over and did that and they were able to pray with him and he received Christ. And I don't know, it was just like moments like that. And Ah, they just, I look back on and I'm so thankful. And so that's one of them. And then another one, I had just gone on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. This was in 2007. And I was just so passionate for God. 
um, really from the start of being born again, God just lit this fire inside of me for evangelism and all other, and just making him known in the gospel and the truth and for people to know the truth. And I remember the town I grew up in was having like a little community festival thing or whatever, which to my knowledge, I truly don't remember them ever doing that growing up at all. But this year they did. I had just gotten back from the Dominican. And before I went, I had signed up to have a spot for it. And so I set up a table. I put this poster board on the front of my table and it just said, um, religion or relationship. It's about relationship, not religion or something like that. And then I think I put, um, another scripture on another sign or something. I mean, honestly, looking back, it was so, um, (laughs) what's the word I want to use? Cheesy. I did like giveaways with different things and I had Bibles and different like Christian things and really just had the table set up and was able to have conversations with people in my community and all of that. And, and now looking back as I'm older and more mature, I do think it's, it was kind of cheesy, but honestly, like it encouraged so many people and there were other believers that came up and encouraged me. And so even though it may have been corny or whatever, the way that I did it or my presentation or whatever, like I look back and I'm like, thank you, Lord, that my young heart just had a heart to reach people and that I, you just gave me boldness to say yes. And so it was really cool. And then I was able to raise some money at my booth for um, the missionaries that I had been in the Dominican with. So, so that was really cool. And then just a, another like really practical thing that we can do in obedience is God always encourages us to be encouragers, like that we should edify, encourage, and comfort one another. And so one thing that I love doing is literally just sending scriptures to people, like through text messages, finding a scripture that's really resonating with me and then just sending it to a bunch of people or asking God to give me words for people and then sending those to them or speaking them over them in person or whatever that is and using the gift of encouragement, the gift of his word to minister to people. And so obviously there's a million different things that I could say in regards to just practically being the salt and light and being obedient to the Lord. But I think the biggest thing is knowing that you can hear his voice and that the word says that in the book of John, that his sheep know his voice and another voice they will not follow. So if you're a believer, follower of Jesus Christ, you have the ability to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit. And so that is a huge thing. I actually talked about that at our women's retreat last weekend, that just encouraging the women, like you can hear God's voice. And the biggest thing is you have to know the word. You have to know his character and his heart. And just to know that the Holy Spirit and the word will never contradict. The word is set in stone. So if you're hearing something that contradicts what the word of God says, that is not God period. God's not rewriting his word. It's set in stone. And so, yeah, that's been, it's been something that's been really big on my heart is I've seen like kind of two ends of the spectrum. And I share this at retreat. It's like one end of the spectrum is like word only. I only need the Bible. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I don't need God to speak to me. I don't need, you know, the gifts of the spirit. They don't need them for today because the word is done. The word is written. It's finished. And so I don't need the Holy Spirit in my life today. And then the other end of the spectrum is like Holy Spirit, everything. I'm spiritual, but I'm like a lot of people like I'm spiritual, but I really like don't believe in God. And like, that's a whole other wacky path, but like 
specifically Christians, it's like all I just go by the Holy Spirit and my feelings and whatever, and I don't need the word of God. But we desperately need both. We need to know what the word of God says. We need to have a firm foundation. The Bible says that we can stand on a firm foundation when we hear and apply the word of God. If we're not applying the word of God to our lives, if we're not hearing it, if we're not being in his word and knowing what it says, your firm, your foundation is sand, period. That's what the word of God says. That's what Jesus himself said. So you have to be in the word, but we also need the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the spirit for today. And I know that that is something that is highly debated in the Christian world. A lot of churches or denominations don't believe that the gifts are for today and the gifts specifically. I'm going to read them to you. They're in Corinthians. Um, let me see. I might have them written in my Bible, actually. I don't. I have lots of fun notes written in my Bible, though. I just saw the gifts written down. It must have been in one of my journals the other day. But anyway, that's like the gift of prophecy, healing, miracles, um, the gift of faith the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and there's a few others. And I am a firm believer that those gifts are for today. I've seen them in operation. I've been used in those gifts. They've been used um, in situations around me. They've been used to encourage me personally. So I do believe fully 100% that the gifts are for today. And so anyway, I encourage you to look into that because I remember when I was First a Christian, I remember just really seeking the Lord about the truth in that matter. And he he promises that when we reach out and we ask him, he answers. When we're reaching out to him, when we're drawing near to him, he draws near to us. And, and he'll reveal all of those things to you. So lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. So last thing I want to share is that last summer, I have a friend, Jessica. And I have like 500 friends named Jessica. But anyway, uh, my friend Jessica Miller and I were together and we were just talking about like life in general and I just felt like God was taking me through transition during that season and she asked me to tell her everything that God had me doing in this season and so I told her all the different things that I was doing I was leading a youth ministry a middle school youth ministry I was doing a comedy act with my sister on the side which was so fun and so enjoyable. I had just kind of started stirred up that year, um, my women's ministry, and then I was working full time and I was a field manager with Break the Gray, which is a school a school assembly ministry program. And so a lot of things it took a lot of time, a lot of mental <laughs> a mental capacity, a lot of um a lot of my energy. And so then she was like, "Okay, so what out of those things could you let go of?" to walk into more of what God is calling you to because I knew God was calling me to write. I knew God was calling me to do more speaking and things. And I looked at her and I said, none of them. I can't, none of them because God's called me to all of these things and I don't see myself letting go of any of them. And I will tell you that 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 was just over a year ago. And the only thing out of everything I just listed that I'm still doing is stirred up. I'm no longer... Um, doing the comedy show with my sister. I'm no longer doing the youth ministry and all the other things I mentioned. And those were hard things to let go of. But God was really just showing me that in order to do the new things he has for me, I, I have to let go of some things. And just the importance of knowing that things are for a season. And I think a lot of us get caught up in 
the good things like God had me doing like a youth ministry and doing the comedy show with my sister and, and, but it was only for a season. And a lot of us want to stay in that season our entire lives. And some of us are called to do things for our entire lives. Like I think of Billy Graham, he was the greatest evangelism evangelist, maybe besides Paul, I don't know, but like of our time and God called him to that for years. And so that does happen. But for me, God was calling me to lay aside some of those things so that I could pick up the new things he had for me, specifically doing more with Stirred Up, writing my book, which I was able to finish um, earlier this year, doing this podcast. And, and so being obedient to let go of those things was so difficult for me because it involved other people. Like if it was just me letting go of something that I did, like I used to do scrapbooking and, and crafting and stuff that literally only affected me. And I got rid of all of it because it was just something I didn't have time for or passion for anymore. That was not hard to do. But when it came to letting go of a comedy show that affected my sister, because it was something that she loved as well, when it came to letting go of the youth ministry and knowing that these kids, you know, a lot of them were aging out and going to high school. So that wasn't is difficult, but some of them were still in middle school and this affected them. Like that was so difficult, but yet I had to say yes to the Lord regardless of, of any of that. And so that's my encouragement to you is just to seek the Lord about what he has for you. And I know for me, I feel like I am even now in another transition period of my life. And sometimes it feels like, can I just have a, a breather? And not have change happening in my life. But I just want to encourage you like, to seek the Lord about what he has for you during this season of your life. And to let go of things from previous seasons if God's calling you to do that. To embrace what he has next for you. Because he is doing a new thing like Isaiah says. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? That's Isaiah forty three nineteen. And I feel like that's been such a resounding word over the church in general. Like God is like, I am doing a new thing. Like, don't look at the former things anymore. Don't look at the ways that I moved in the past, even in, in the church corporately or in your life individually. I'm doing new things and I want you to be on board with that. And so we can rejoice over those seasons in the past where God moved and God did cool things and we can have joy over those things and smile and just be thankful for them. But not try, don't try to like mold what God is doing now into those molds of the past. Just let him do his new thing. And part of that is hearing his voice, being in the word, being in his presence. I pray that we're all lovers of his presence and that, you know, in, in that place is, is fullness of joy and freedom and all of those things. That's a whole nother thing I could talk about, but just being lovers of his presence, lovers of his word. And just having that relationship with him to hear him clearly to know what he's calling us to in this season. And so that's what I'm praying for you guys is um, I'm going to close this podcast out because I just hit half an hour and um, I just all of this. I'm so passionate about all of it that I could probably keep talking for three hours, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> I will end with that and just encourage you to be obedient to whatever God has for you in this season of your life to know that he has good and perfect plans for you and just say yes to them. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I could say it again. It's worth it to say yes to him. And when you're on the other side of obedience, like I was saying, 
when you're on the other side of obedience and you see what your yes or sometimes your no when you're saying no to things like for me today saying no to all of those other opportunities when you're on the other side of it and you see the fruit of it and what god caused to happen through your yes or your no it's worth it it's exciting it's a fun place to be so i'm gonna go ahead and close out in prayer because like i said if i don't i'm gonna keep talking forever and um i just pray you're encouraged so Again, feel free to reach out to me if you guys need prayer, want to talk. I'm always here to do that. That is one thing I love. I love communication is like one of my favorite things in the world that God has given me. And I want to talk to you guys about things. I don't just want to talk to you. I want to I like talk to you through the podcast where you're just listening to me. I want to hear what you have to say too. So feel free to reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. Father God, I thank you so much for this podcast. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your word. I thank you for the gift of encouragement. I thank you for truth, God. I thank you that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. Lord, and I thank you for who you are, your faithfulness, your kindness to us, Lord. God, and I pray that we would be people who are obedient to you in every area of our lives. Lord, I want to be someone who is just completely sold out to you in every way. God, and I want—I just want to repeat this scripture that I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing. God, I lay down my life before you and I pray that my podcast listeners do too. And I say, have your way in every single area of my life. Lord, stretch me, walk me into this new season that you have for me and believing that for every person on here, that you have new things to show them. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, I pray that you pour yourself out on my listeners, that they could know you, God, in deeper, more intimate ways. Lord, I thank you that you are working all things together for our good. God, and you do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, think, or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.